You're listening to Coffee and Honeycomb, the podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Park, and for today's episode, we have Anna Collins. Anna is the founder and owner of White Flag and lives in Nashville, Tennessee. I can't wait for you to hear the conversation with Anna today because her story is just so powerful, and she is a storyteller through and through. When she shares the story behind White Flag, whew, I got the chills and maybe even a little teary-eyed. It is a good one. She also even shares her own personal story of surrender. She talks about carrying shame, being a single mother, and even about her marriage, which is not something we often talk openly about in the church. I am amazed by Anna's vulnerability and just desire to glorify God in every season and bless others with her story. To me, Anna is someone who lives out the call to love your neighbor, and I hope that as you hear this conversation, you remember that God is bigger than all circumstances. And to help remind us all of that truth, we're actually doing a giveaway today. We're going to give away one of Anna's favorite flags. All of the details will be on Instagram, so check out at Coffee and Honeycomb and at My White Flag for more details. Okay, now without further ado, I can't wait for you to meet her. Grab your cup of coffee and let's get started. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. What's your, what's your coffee order? Um, my coffee order typically is a coconut milk macchiato. Um, oh. and it's hot. Even if it's like a million degrees outside, I still go hot because it's just kind of a comfort drink. Oh, man. Um, but anything with coconut milk, which is such a bummer because a lot of coffee shops in Nashville only have almond milk. Um, and I'm just such a coconut fan, but there is a coffee shop in Nashville called barista parlor and every spring and summer. Yeah. Every spring and summer they have this iced ginger plum tea. I like dream about it. It's so good. (laughs) That actually does sound really good. Oh girl. Like almost every day I think about going to Barista Parlor and getting a cup of that iced tea. It's- do you just walk there? Are things walking distance in Nashville or do you drive? It No, it's, you have to drive for the most part. I mean, it's like, it's still a small, a small city, but you still need a car to get Okay. There. Okay. Yeah. 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 I love asking that question about coffee because I've noticed that nobody just has like their order and that's it. Like they have like a story behind yeah. it or like a very strong preference. So I love yeah. hearing about it. A coconut milk macchiato. Okay. I have to try yeah, it. Yeah. Or, or a coconut milk mocha. I mean, really just the combination of like the chocolate and the coconut. I love it. So, oh, yeah. well, I'm really excited to talk today. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, when we talked last week, um, yes. just even hearing a little bit of your story. Well, one, I, I was like, oh my God, we got along really well. That was really fun. And yeah. also hearing a little bit of your story, like really impacted me. Like, I think it was, I was thinking about it for about a week. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of just replaying in the back of my mind. And I don't know what it was, but something about, I think that interaction was just like a reminder of how real God is. You know, yeah. like I know God is real, but something yeah. about it was really powerful. Yeah. Thank you. I love talking to you last week. It was so comfortable. You're such a joy. (laughs) I loved it. Also because I love white flag and I want everyone to know about it. And so I'm so excited to talk about that today too. Oh, that means so much to me. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, For those who may not know what white flag is, can you tell us what it is? Totally. Um, We are a home decor company that um, specializes in these white linen flags um, that are aimed to spark conversations about Jesus Christ um, through minimal designs um, inspired by biblical truths or Bible verses or um, sometimes song lyrics. So So that's, yeah, yeah. We just, um, they're just these, these linen flags that symbolize surrender and they're they're meant to spark these conversations and help you kind of share your faith. And they're pretty, like they're not like, they're like beautiful and it's, it looks so good. So so tell us the story behind white flag. How did you get started? Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a long story. Um, but about two years ago, um, I started having these visions of someone walking into a room and seeing a white flag above a mantle and just being overwhelmed with the love of Jesus. And I, I had no idea what that meant, but I remembered a story that my grandmother told me, um, when I was younger, she was living in Germany during the war and, um, she saw a lot of really horrific things and, and doesn't really like to talk about that time. But one of the stories she told me, um, that just stood out to me was about when she had to wave a white flag um, at the bomber planes that were flying above her home to surrender. Oh, wow. and I know it's so powerful um, just to let them know that she and her siblings were citizens. Um, 
And that story just, it really stuck with me. It's, it's when I learned what the white flag stood for, which it's, you know, the universal symbol of surrender. So when white flag started to form, I just, I remembered that story, you know, white flag, Jesus, surrender. And I didn't really know what to do with it at the time, but um, okay. So then I, I have to back up for a minute and yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, introduce you to Megan because she was a big part of how this whole white flag vision came to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so Megan, um, ended up launching white flag with me. So, but the story of, um, Megan and I is one of my favorites because it's just so clear that mm. God, God was moving and bringing white flag to fruition before the vision and concept started coming to life, like before we even knew it. So it's, it's really, I love talking about it, but so how I met Megan, um, was she was friends with my brother uh, my younger brother, and I had to meet a um, a girl, a friend of hers, actually, at a coffee shop. She had wanted to do a write-up on a previous company I had owned, and um, I met her, and Megan happened to be with her. I'd never met her before, but she was so cute. She had blue <laughs> hair. She was so spunky, and I just, I loved her, um, but met her, and then we parted ways. I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever see her again, yeah. to be honest. Um, and then a couple weeks later, uh, she messaged me on Facebook and she said that she found herself in a position that she thought I would know a little something about, you know, she got my information and reached out and she, she actually found out she was about to be a single mother, which yeah, at the the time that, that we met, I, I had been a single mother to my daughter, Brooklyn for, um, seven years or eight years. So she, she just wanted to talk with me and, um, I guess get some advice. Um, so I just said, yeah, come over. I'll make you tacos. Come eat dinner with me and, and let's talk about it. So she ended up coming over. We had tacos and then I asked her to move in with me. <laughs> she didn't have any family in um, Nashville and I just, I knew, I knew what that kind of felt like. I was in Nashville without family as well. So um, the girl I was living with at the time was about to, to move out and I just said, okay, well, just come live with me. So um, we started our friendship there and and then both of us ended up getting married and then again, going our separate ways. Crazy. So that part of the story is so crucial to White Flag because, um, like I said, God was setting, setting this up long before huh. we knew it. But I ended up meeting her for coffee, um, you know, a few months after she and I kind of went our separate ways after she moved out and, and moved in with her now husband. And um, we were just getting together to talk and catch up. And, and I kind of told her, you know, this vision I had, you know, that I had this, this idea for these flags that would spark these conversations about Jesus and, and kind of make it more comfortable for people to share their stories. And, and she, she was like, oh my gosh, I had this vision. Oh my gosh. She said, I had this vision of creating, creating something that would help people spark conversations. But, um, the Lord told me to wait and that he would bring somebody alongside me and that the um, thing that we were creating would be big enough to cover a wall, but small enough to ship. And she couldn't figure out what that would be. And so when I came to her and said, flags, it was like a light bulb moment. And both of us were like, this is it. Let's, let's do this together. So that's kind of, that's kind of how the that's vision. Crazy. What was your yeah. backgrounds that you guys were like, okay, we can start a business. We can do this. Yeah. So we were the perfect couple <laughs> to do this. Seriously. We were the perfect couple because I am not gifted in spreadsheets or logistics or numbers at all, like at all. It is a struggle for me. And, and she is just so immensely gifted in that. And, and so she was able to step in and, and really budget well for White Flag. Wow. Um, she That's shopped cute. around, I know. And then all of the branding aspects were me and social media and the flag designs. That, that was all kind of my wheelhouse. That's so cool. So what was yeah. your guys' first flag? Did you guys sell first, one at first or was there a whole batch? Yeah. So the, so a crazy story to, to go with that um, story of Megan and I was the first flag we had is our he is flag, which is the three greater than signs. I like that one. A lot. Um, thank you. Yeah. That was our first one. And I ended up calling her probably 15 minutes after we left our meeting, our initial meeting of coming up with this. And I said, Hey, um, what about this? And she goes, I was just about to call you and ask 
what about the, like greater than signs? Like he is greater and having them be three to represent the Holy Trinity. It was oh. wild. <laughs> yeah. Just more confirmation. I mean, that was our whole story of bringing this to life was just like one story after another of just confirmation moments. A cool story that I actually haven't ever, ever told was we actually had to postpone our launch date a few oh, times. Okay. Yeah. So, and the story behind it's really cool. So which at the time it wasn't, I was very frustrated, but <laughs> I was like, why can't we get that? We're ready. Yeah, why yeah. can't we get this out? Um, so originally we were going to launch in October of 2016. Okay. And, and then, um, we ended up having to move it to December because we just weren't ready and we had to push it back again to January, which is our ultimate, our ultimate launch date. That's when it uh-huh. actually was released. I remember January was a busy month for both of us. And so it just kept getting pushed back. And the only day that we could find was the 22nd. It was a Sunday. And um, it was crazy because I can remember one specific day when Megan was coming over to help me get everything organized for launch. And she sent me a text and I didn't read it because my hands were so full with my toddler, River. And um, when she arrived, she asked if I had read it and I told her no. And she goes, okay, one minute. And she opened up her phone and I took, I actually wrote it down for you. I went searching back in my, in my Facebook so that I could find this because it was so cool. So she, um, she sent me this text message. She goes, the Hebrew alphabet is made up of 22 letters, which are used to compose the word of God. The word of God is called a lamp. Thus, it is the light by which we are to live. The word light is found 264 times in scripture. And when 264 is divided by 12, which is divine authority, we have 22, which represents light. Oh, wow. Um, I know. God created 22 things in the six days of creation. There are 22 books in the Levitical Old Testament, which is the light of God for Israel. There are 22 generations from Adam to Jacob. And when Moses raised up the tabernacle of God, there were exactly 22,000 Levites consecrated to serve. And light is used 22 times in the gospel of John. Oh my gosh, I'm getting teary eyed. (laughs) I know. The 22nd time that John uses the word, he quotes Jesus, I have come as a light into the world. Um, And we were both completely floored, like by all of these facts, that was just confirmation again, that we were onto something. So we, we ended up launching um, on the 22nd of January and it was beautiful. Wow. So that day is just so special and really ingrained in all these places and miracles of scripture and all the ways God is working. Oh my gosh. I see the tears. (laughs) I see the tears. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of, that was both Megan and I, when we read that, we were just like, okay, the 22nd it is. Like we didn't, there's no, there's no ground for us to argue it. We were just like, all right, that's what it is. So I think what's so cool is that like, so you and Megan met because you guys both could relate as being single mothers. And I feel like that's a situation that could be very lonely or feeling like you don't want to reach out and meet all these people possibly, but God used that, like these areas in your life that maybe have felt that could have been a lonely season and use that to be, I don't know, the catapult or the catalyst of this thing of light and victory and this like great way of ministry that you guys are doing now. Yeah, it was, it's so beautiful and powerful in the sense that like, you know, something I carried a lot of shame in, mm-hmm. you know, being a single mother and a young single mother. I was 19 when I had my daughter. Yeah. Um, he turned around and redeemed. And now it's, it's the foundation of something that is bringing so much light. Because, you know, Megan and I wouldn't have connected if she didn't feel um, that I could relate to what she was in, the, yeah. you know, the situation she was in. And so we came together and I genuinely don't think that I could have launched white flag at the time that I did, um, without her. Mm-hmm. So it, it really is so wild to see how connected it all is and how the Lord used this space of just like, you know, shame and pain in my past and, and, a, and a shameful place in Megan's life as well. You know, something that she struggled with, yeah. um, as well to bring us together and create, create this, this company and this vision and this mission. It's, it's so crazy to me. That's amazing. So, yeah. I want to um, back up a little bit. So were you always sure. a believer? Can you kind of walk us through that, your journey? <clears throat> yeah. So I didn't start really going to church until probably late elementary, early middle school. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't, because of that, I just didn't really know anything about, about 
God or yeah. Jesus or the yeah. story at all. I had no, I mean, I had no idea um, anything about that. We were the family that went to church, you know, on Sundays um, for Easter and Christmas, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. Totally. Around middle school time, um, I went to this, this event. Um, it was a week long kind of camp um, for kids in middle school called Gold Rush. And it was this, like I said, this week long thing where you would be um, separated into small groups. You would, you would go and um, I think there was one day we went to Six Flags and one day we went to Whitewater, which is, you know, this like raft. Anyway, it was, it was, it was so fun. um, And I loved it. Um, But I just went to those as a kid too. Did you? I mean, they're some of my fondest memories. I, I really loved that. Even though I didn't quite feel comfortable in like the church church setting at that time, I, I really loved that week. It was, it was amazing. Um, and so, and I should probably also mention, so the church that I went to also doubled as a school. Mm. Um, so, um, all the kids that went to camp with me and all the kids that went to church with me, they, they went to that church for school as well. So they were going to, um, Bible classes every week, you know, where they got to learn the story of Jesus and were able to ask questions in a class classroom, you know, setting and they memorized Bible verses for class. And, and I knew nothing like basic knowledge of the Bible. I lacked. Um, and I felt, I felt really stupid. And and like I said, carried a lot of shame over it. I really, really struggled with that. Mm. Um, but I went to gold rush, um, kind of against my will the first time my parents were, were like, make friends, you know, and kind (laughs) of send me off. And, and so I went And, um, I had this moment at the end of the week, it was just this powerful, like coming together of all the, all the small groups, um, in this big auditorium. And, and I remember at that time I was like, I want to know more. I want to learn more. I felt very, just like so connected with the Lord. Um, and I remember going home to my, my parents and being like, um, dad, like I just had this experience. It was so beautiful. And something that was really wild was, was that phone call actually encouraged my parents to start being more involved in the church as well. And now, you know, years later, my dad um, plays music in the church and my mom oh my um, heads up discipleship. And so their relationship really grew, but it, it started with, with that. And so, um, yeah, I went, I went to, to Gold Rush and had this beautiful moment with the Lord. And then um, I ended up, you know, kind of chasing after, after God for a period of time, still, you know, I, I can look back and still remember, I didn't have that comfort to have those conversations though. My, my relationship with the Lord, it was like, I went into this, this, um, week at gold rush and had this like high almost. Yeah. And it inevitably like fizzled out, um, over time because I wasn't digging. I was just kind of like riding that wave. Mm. Um, And I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable asking those questions still. I just, I just felt inferior. And like I said, like, I just lacked that knowledge. And is it because you felt like everyone already knew the answers to the questions? Yeah, Yeah. 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 I felt like, you know, it's like you're sitting in a room of kids who already know the answer. You don't want to ask, you don't want to be like, wait, I don't know what this means. You know, I, I was already just, um, very insecure when it came to making friends. Um, I just, I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't want to stand out in that way. I didn't want to be labeled dumb or, or stupid. I didn't want to risk losing the friends I was trying to make. And so I went through high school and encountered a lot of, a lot of hard things, a lot of pain. There was, um, a lot of death in high school. I encountered a lot of, a lot of friends passing away Hmm. and, um, in that time, really, really struggled with um, God and mm. Jesus. And I could not understand um, how a loving God could let things like that happen to my friends. You know, wow. you know, I, I kind of graduated high school and wanted nothing to do with the church, wanted nothing to do with God and um, ended up... Uh, expecting my first child. Yeah. <laughs> found out, yeah. found out I was pregnant when I was 18 and, um, had my daughter when I was 19. And you know, that, that, uh, relationship with her father was, was pretty difficult as well. And so, you know, more circumstances that I just, it felt like it was just pulling me away from God and ended up encountering more death. You know, I had mm. some more friends that passed away. It just, it just was a season of just heartache and, yeah. And it wasn't until I moved to Nashville that I started to reconnect, which was um, six years ago. So, wow. um, 
And I remember feeling very alone. And so I went searching for community and found myself at a church hmm. um, uh, in town called The Belonging. And I- Oh my gosh, what a I had, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is just the most incredible place. Um, and the pastors are just, um, Pastor Alex and Henry, they're husband and wife from Australia. And they're just- they're just oh, wow. so, so gifted and, and just wonderful people. But I ended up at The Belonging and it was a church environment I had never encountered before. It's very spirit led um, and very open and vulnerable. And that was something that I had not encountered. And I think that was another reason maybe why I didn't feel comfortable to share stories, you know, or not short stories, but another reason why I didn't feel comfortable to ask questions. Yeah. I, I can remember people not really talking about struggles or vulnerabilities mm-hmm. at the church that I grew up in. And so here I am in this new environment at this new church where people are just like open, like, like just incredibly open about what they're going through, what they're walking through, what they're dealing with and speaking healing and, and praying over people and laying yeah. hands. And it was like, what is this? Like, you know, it just it sparked that curiosity in me again. And um, so I started going to church pretty regularly and and started reconnecting with God and, and kind of, um, that's amazing to, yeah. to look at God differently and, and to understand that it, it wasn't religion. It was a relationship. Totally. So, so I, um, obviously like my story is very different, but when, yeah. um, so in junior high, I was really involved in my youth group and we had a kind of an unhealthy relationship with our youth pastor. And, um, I think, I think junior high, of course, is your very transformative years. And, a lot of what my youth pastor had told me was kind of ingrained of who I think God is. And it ended up being kind of like very authoritative, almost manipulative. And so I fell away from the church for in high school too, and kind of just like wow, my own thing. And um, I think when I left, I realized that I had a lot of like desire to be um, like an impressed man, please man, or like impress men and please men because yeah. I was like craving approval from my youth pastor. And sometimes he would give it, sometimes he would take it away. Sometimes he would give it, withhold it. Yeah. And then at the, um, at, my, at the end of high school is when I went back to church and that's actually where I met my husband, Eugene. But my wow. first year at church, I remember being like, wait a minute, your youth pastor doesn't do this or your pastor yeah. doesn't do this and kind of comparing. And it was like a year of healing of like, Oh, not all churches are like this or what in my vision of what a church was or my vision of what a God was, that was like a year of God kind of restoring what it looked like. And that's what yeah. I mean of, of what you're saying too, of like kind of coming back and kind of God healing, like, no, these parts weren't from me or these parts weren't the right vision, right picture of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love that. I love that part of your story. That's beautiful. Yeah. So last time we talked to, and you, you brought it up a lot here about asking questions. And I know white flag is kind of supposed to be a spark for that. So like when we're with yeah. other people to ask questions, so someone can pique curiosity, can you kind of talk about that and how white flag ties to the question asking? Yeah, totally. Um, it honestly was a subconscious thing when creating white flag, like the concept and vision for white flag felt like just another creative outlet for me until I started refining it and truly understanding what it was that God wanted me to create. You know, I had this idea for sparking conversations, but I didn't realize how tied it was to my own story and, and the pain that I carried surrounding that Mm. until I began refining it. Um, and I realized it was rooted in my own hurts and insecurities, um, within the church when I was growing up. Um, so it was actually kind of mind blowing to recognize, you know, just, um, how closely I related to white flags mission. Um, I can remember going to discipleship groups or small groups and seeing, um, like a cross on a wall or a framed Bible verse and yeah, just, and that's fine. Um, but you know, I, I just remember seeing that and like, I knew what that meant. I knew what those things meant. You know, I didn't need to ask questions because I was like, I know what, Uh, I know what you believe, you know, and I didn't. So, um, I would stay silent, you know, I wouldn't engage, um, and I would leave just like confused, um, or just with the same mentality I had going in, you know, not really gaining any knowledge or anything. And like I said, I just didn't feel safe to ask questions. Um, but I look at these flags and I think if I saw one of these hanging in one of the homes that I went to, I wouldn't think twice. I would just ask. You know, um, it would be, I would be, I would just be like, what's that? You know, cause it's not overtly Christian in any way. It's very minimal. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I I would be able to ask and I wouldn't feel stupid, you know, not knowing, and it would be organic and gentle. And, um, it would allow for whoever, you know, 
has a flag in their home to share their story and their experience with Jesus rather than what they've memorized or what they were taught growing up or, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, um, when people, uh, ask me the importance of storytelling in relation to like white flag, I always, I always say this, I always say you can argue with faith and you can argue with religion, Mm. but you can't argue with someone's story. Yeah. It's, it's theirs. It's like unique to them, you know? Um, it's their experience with Jesus. And it's like, it's, it's their moments of surrender with him. And, um, I just think it's so unbelievably powerful to share Jesus through story. Yeah. Um, and it's something I wish I had encountered when I was younger. So, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of, you know, why we really push, um, the storytelling uh, aspect of white flag. For sure. I think that's so cool. And like one, I love the idea of having a white flag, just a reminder of us, of God's victory and of our surrender, but also if we want to use it as a, um, like conversation starter, it means we need to invite people into our home too, right? Like have people over into our home and you know, if they see it, they ask questions. And I feel like that's so cool in your story too, that even when you became friends with Megan, you opened up your home. Like it's, it just seems like your heart and your life is very much one of like, come be safe here. I want to invite you to my life. I want to invite you into these areas. I think that's so cool because I feel like that's what ministry is, right? It's not just a program or something you sign up for at church. It's like, inviting people into your lives, no matter how messy it is and making people feel totally, safe. totally. And encouraging that vulnerability. So cool. Okay. You talked a lot about surrender when you describe white flag. Yeah. Why do you call this, um, a season of surrender or a flag of surrender? Yeah. yeah. White flag really, it came at an interesting time. Um, I was like fresh out of a creative drought. I know we kind of talked about this last time I had a company before a white flag, it was a clothing line and it actually did really, really well right before, um, well not right before, probably a year before white flag started coming, um, into the picture. I had had an event in Nashville that just like, it was, it was so much fun. And we packed out this venue in Nashville, um, for the launch of a new line that I was releasing. And, um, shortly after about a month after I ended up laying that company to rest, which was not something I saw coming at all. Right. Um, I, I joke now that like, when I look back at that time, I'm like, you know, that party was to introduce a new line, but truthfully, I think it was a going away party. I think it was a like, oh my God. A, good, a goodbye party. It was like a, you know, this, this had its run and it was, it was amazing and it brought so much joy, but now it's time to let it go. Yeah. And, um, so when white flag came about, I was like fresh out of a creative drought you know, I laid my company to rest. Um, I was still mourning the loss of that. You know, Mm -hmm. it was something I built from the ground up. And it was also something I built as a single mother with my daughter fresh, like into Nashville, like, you know, it's what I did to make ends meet and it ended up working. And I didn't want to let that go. It, it meant so much to me. And, but, um, at the same time, the Lord brought me a lot of peace in that. Mm. Um, he, he let me know that he was leading me to something else, even though it didn't really feel like it at the time. Um, I was in the midst of the darkest place in my life. Um, my husband and I were newly married, um, and we were a blended family. So he had a son, Justice, um, who is 10 this month. And, um, I had my daughter, Brooklyn, who is 11 this month and similar in age, age, like same, um, same grade in school. They went to the same school. And so, um, truthfully, it was really, really hard because, you know, you have these two kids who are just used to having their single parents and are just used to the parenting styles and, and the home life and just, just used to life. And then you, you overnight they gained a sibling and they gained another parent. And so it was just, it was a lot. Um, and parenting, you know, my kids through that was incredibly difficult. There was a lot of rebellion, a lot of pushback. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very, very hard on my husband and I, and, um, on top of that, yeah. Yeah. On top of that, you know, we were freshly married and, um, just catapulted into this new way of living. And we both had a lot of separate hurts and traumas that neither one of us had really dealt with. Um, And bringing that together, you know, into close proximity with each other was very difficult, but we actually spent most of our um, marriage separated. I was just at capacity, just emotionally Mm -hmm. and physically. And um, as the, as the vision became, refined for white flag, like in the midst of all that, um, 
I started to see that it was just more than a creative outlet for me. It mm. was, um, like I said, something rooted in my own trauma, but it was also causing me to, like, I was, I was having to surrender when I was <laughs> launching this company rooted in surrender. Wow. Um, and that was just, that was really, that was a difficult thing for me. I mean, that's so crazy because I feel like the first year of marriage already is the hardest because like yeah. you said, each person brings in their own baggage and history and all these things. And then mm-hmm. to bring in kids into the mix and everything else. Oh my gosh, that must, that, that must be so hard. It was. Like you guys just went on family vacation and I know yeah. we talk, <laughs> like living your best life right now. So um, how did you guys get to reconciliation and just really surrendering your marriage to God? Yeah girl. (laughs) It was a process. It was a long and grueling and, and painful process. Um, and did you guys talk about it? Like, did you share this when this season of darkness with people? We did not. No, we did not. We did not. It was, um, yeah, we did not share anything. Actually, we were just kind of hiding in our home. Um, Mm. afraid to talk about it. Um, especially me. I, I was just so ashamed of what we were walking through, but, um, yeah, this, this place of reconciliation that we're in is an actual miracle. (laughs) I'm like reminiscing on this last week and I just cannot believe that we have healed in the way that we have. Um, so, um, yeah, our marriage, it was very dark, um, very directionless. Um, like I said, we spent a lot of our three years of marriage separated. He was mm. living, um, outside of the house. And this is actually something I've never shared before. So, um, um but I have felt the Lord telling me it's time, it's time to share it's time oh. and that it's going to bring healing because I believe that, um, this story is just such a testament to, um, God and like his grace and miracle. Um, yeah, I spent most of White Flag's first year very physically and, and mentally sick. Um, I, was, I was sick, but I was also waking up and talking mm. about God's goodness online, which was wow. brutal. It was so, so brutal. Um, I ran our social media accounts, and um, there were a lot of days where I would text my closest girlfriends, and I would be like, can you just write the captions for our Instagram? Because I, I genuinely just didn't feel like praising God or talking about wow. how good he was. Um, I mean, I was in the midst of the darkest season of my life and in the most pain I had ever encountered. Um, and I hadn't opened up to anyone except a few close girlfriends um, at the time. Um, you know, our marriage was so, so unbelievably fractured and we were dealing with a lot of pain and trauma and, um, not many people could meet me in that space. Um, you know, I felt very isolated. Um, I felt very abandoned by God Mm. and, um, all while leading a company that was rooted in surrender and faith. Oh my gosh. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. There was such a disconnect and truthfully, I felt a lot of shame around that. Mm. Um, because I just, Yeah, I just felt like such a fake, honestly. I felt like what I was um, putting out online um, through White Flag primarily, because my my personal Instagram account, I really didn't share much throughout that time. And if I did, it was very surface level. Mm -hmm. Um, But just White Flag alone, um, I... I felt so much shame and like posting up these, these things about how good God was. And I just didn't feel like it half the time, not even half the time, like 90% of the time. I just, I was so disconnected from him. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Once I, once I surrendered, I mean like truly, truly surrendered and handed over all of my hopes and dreams for myself and my marriage, my kids, my future, um, breakthrough happened and it wasn't all at once. Um, and it definitely wasn't overnight. I didn't really surrender with excitement. (laughs) I wasn't like surrender. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, I genuinely, I think it was just out of a place of desperation Mm, that it was just kind of like, whatever, hands up. I, I can't do it anymore. That was me surrendering. Mm, Um, Okay. And it was not with excitement. I was not like, yes, I, I give it to you, God. This is going to be great. You know, I was just like, I am done. I am done. I have nothing left in me. 
um, I really didn't have a choice but to loosen my grip and like huh. hand it over to him. Um, and, and, and that was when things really started to turn around. Um, and at that time I had actually filed for divorce from my husband. Oh my um, gosh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, this month last year I had wow. filed for divorce and he and I were living separately. Um, and we, we actually were not speaking at all. We didn't speak, um, at all with any communication for about five months. Wow. And, um, and I had the kids and, um, and then after that, uh, we, we started to, to speak again. And I should mention, um, it was really not by his choice that we weren't speaking. It was just a boundary that I had laid. Um, yeah, legally. And, and yeah, so I, um, we were just completely separate for about five months. Um, and, and then went another four months or so with very minimal contact. And then I, um, ended up meeting him for dinner one night to hand over some divorce papers. And I just, um, felt the Lord tell me to shut the door, but leave the light on. Hmm. And I, I didn't know what that meant. Um, Andrew, my husband had wanted to reconcile and I was not there. I was not in a, in a space to do that. I was very shut off to the idea of that and didn't feel like there was any hope for us. And, um, when, when I felt that kind of word in my spirit, leave the light on, it was kind of like a, um, so Andrew can find his way home. Mm. Should he choose, should he choose? And, um, and he did. And it was, um, it took time for sure. It took a lot of time for us to reconcile. There was a lot of healing that needed to be done on both of our parts. But yeah. for me, I needed, I, my heart needed to heal in a big way. And, um, I spent a lot of that time honestly being like, God, I don't think this, I don't think it can happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think I can heal from this. I don't think that I can feel good feelings towards him again. I don't think that I could love him again. And, um, it's like, it's really beautiful because we are more in love than we've ever been now. Yeah. And, um, we're reunited as a family. We have been for about four months. Oh my gosh. And, um, yeah. And it's been consistently getting better and better. And that's, it's so crazy. It's such it's such a testament to, um, God's goodness. <laughs> and yeah. I sound close, so cliche when I say that, but it truly is because it is an absolute miracle that he yeah. and I came back together and to look back on white flag and think like, wow, I, I was literally walking this out and living it out. Um, while the Lord was putting this vision in my heart to encourage other people to do the same. Oh my gosh. You know what? Okay. First of all, I really appreciate, admire just how vulnerable you are because I think uh, marriage is something that is really hard to talk about. And I feel like Mm -hmm. even when a couple is fighting, even that is like not Mm -hmm. the best to talk about, you know, like it just feels like there's a lot of shame or there's just a lot of pressure to be this like perfect godly couple. Um, And I feel, I've heard a lot of stories too of like girlfriends who are in marriages and they haven't spoken in weeks, but they're posting pictures on social media as if they're totally Mm -hmm. fine. Like I love my husband whatever. And just, and I think that comes from a really, a deep sense of shame and a desire to really meet people's expectations. So I love that you are just being so vulnerable about it because I think there's so many couples who are probably hiding. And then second, I want to say what's really interesting is, um, in my mind, sometimes I think that we need to be at our best for God to use us or to work us or like, in my mind, I would have vision like white flag to come at a time when you are on your highest of high, like you are no. <laughs> you know, being the most obedient, but like that God used, uses us sometimes like in our most broken. And we can say like, it truly was God, like that it wasn't us. Wow. And that it's not by what we would picture the perfect time and place. And yeah, oh gosh, you know, I, so interesting. 
Thank you. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that you say that because I genuinely believe that when we are the most broken is when God is able to use us the most because all mm-hmm. of our distractions are gone. We're completely stripped of everything. Um, we really have nothing to run to. Um, and and that's when we have to lean on him the most. And wow. so I think, I, yeah, I think that's when God uses those those moments to, to really um, plant those seeds in us. Mm. Um, I mean, I... I can speak fully to that because that's what <laughs> happened with the white flag. It's like, yeah. yeah, you're right. I was no, I was truthfully the most, the most broken I had ever been. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I also just had my son and I was going through postpartum depression as well, which is oh my God. something else that's not really talked about in the church. And so I was dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression while also, you know, walking out this incredibly fractured marriage. Um, and, I, I was so unbelievably, unbelievably broken. And wow. so, yes, I can absolutely speak and back that, that yeah. God totally comes in at like your most broken moments and just, he plants those seeds. Even yeah. if we don't know it at the time, even if we don't even feel it at the time, it's happening. Um, I also so. asked about like, what is, like, what does that surrender look like? Because I was thinking, I was like, I know what surrender means, I think. And I've, totally. I've sang a lot of worship songs that say I surrender all. But as I was hearing you tell your story, I'm like, do I know how to surrender? And I yeah. think you're right that maybe in times of desperation is when we really like are at the most of surrendering everything because like right. we're at our wits end. And I love when you said like, how do I say God is good when I don't feel like saying God is good? I think that's such a interesting tension that everyone wrestles with in their life. Yeah. Well, um, my pastor at the belonging, she, she constantly says praise, praise precedes the miracle. Mm -hmm. And, And so in those times, I mean, I definitely, I definitely don't feel like it. And even to this day still, I mean, I, there's no such thing as a perfect faith. You know, I mean, faith is constantly growing and evolving and refining. And so um, no one has it all together when it comes to their faith and walk with Jesus at all. There's no such thing as a perfect faith. And that was the mistake I made growing up is believing that there was. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those dark times, um, praising, praising him, like I, even now, like my husband, he's, it's, it's a thing that he says constantly. It's like, you know, if you're having a bad day, it's like, just praise him, praise him because the bad day is drawing you closer to him because you're having to lean on him for even just like the strength to do the everyday mundane things when you're really depleted and, and broken, you know? Um, and so I, I try to keep that in the back of my mind, like to keep praising and, and, and in that praise breakthrough will come. Mm-hmm. Um, but fully surrendering, oh girl, it is hard. It is so hard. I don't think I knew what it really meant. I'm honestly like a recovering control freak. <laughs> and I really am. I really, really am. Um, and so I have a really hard time surrendering anything. Um, and I don't Isn't think that I funny re- that you're a control freak, but then your ministry oh. and your job is about surrendering. <laughs> I mean, that's he's so funny. Me, I know. So he's, funny. I know he's teaching me through my own work though. It's like, he's, he's teaching me my lessons, like (laughs) through white flag. It's like, I'm still learning just because I, I front this, like I run this company. I, I don't have it together at all. Like I'm still figuring out the surrender thing. It's a daily thing for me. Um, but yeah. And your husband is now working with you, right? For white flag. He is. Yeah. Yeah, which is also a miracle that we are working <laughs> together. It's just something I never saw coming. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, I just, it's, <laughs> I joke with, um, with our friends. I'm like, I made him a legit email. Like he's, he's legit. He's Andrew at whiteflag.org. It's so cool. I love that working cool. with him. And the cool thing is, is that um, he kind of takes over for what Megan did. He, wow. um, he is really incredible at logistics and numbers and um, spreadsheets. Again, not my thing. Yeah. Um, and so he has stepped up and, and started doing all of our payouts. He pays our, our um, single mothers who sew our flags. He pays our nonprofits. He, he pays um, our vendors. You know, it's, yeah, he's great. Also, he, you have single mothers who are um, creating yes. the actual flag. Oh, that's so sewing. cool. Yeah, sewing. Oh, sewing, yeah. Yeah, sewing, yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, that obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, it's just something that's very close to my heart. It was close to Megan's as well. And yeah. So, yeah. So what's your um, favorite flag? Oh, 
It's really, really, really hard to choose. I love them all. Uh, they all have a story um, behind them. But I think by default, it would have to be the citizen flag because it's the only one hanging in our home. <laughs> um, uh, how did you pick the words that go in a flag? Were they mostly from like your personal experiences or how did you and Megan initially decide? So citizen's the only one with the word on it. Um, so yeah, so citizen, like I said, all of them have a story behind them. Our he is flag was, was the one that, um, Megan and I saw kind of at the same time yeah. and our, in our visions and in our minds. And, um, 604 is the Roman numerals, um, for Psalms 64. Um, and it's the Lord has given a banner to those who fear him, that it may be displayed because of the truth. And, um, that was just a, you know, you raise your banner, um, I always think of the Chris Tomlin song, white flag, when I think of 604, because I'm like, you raise your white flag to surrender. And, um, and then Citizen was actually inspired by uh, this book, which I highly recommend to anyone, um, women, you know, men, whatever. It's called Heart Made Whole. Um, it's by my friend Krista. Um, and it's just the most incredible book about grief and healing. But in it, she said, as believers, we're citizens of heaven. And I was like, citizen, that's a really cool word. Um, so I, I looked up um, citizen and it was Philippians 320. Um, mm. But our citizenship is in heaven mm. and we eager, eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's where citizen is from. Then we have the lion of Judah, which is a lion eye. Um, and that was one of the original designs we had, but didn't release with our initial you know, launch or whatever. We wanted to wait. Um, so the Lion of Judah is um, self-explanatory, um, you know, as bold as a lion. Um, and then we have the victory flag, which is the coordinates of the tomb where Jesus defeated death and rose from the grave. Yeah. And that one, um, we sat on that idea for a long time because we wanted to release it on Easter. Wow. And so we had this idea, like almost the whole first year of of white flag and then had to wait for Easter, um, of this year. And so we, um, we launched it and the response was beautiful. And, um, yeah, on Easter morning, we actually did this thing. It was so cool. Um, we actually sent out, I think it was like 15 victory flags around the country. Um, wow. and yeah, and we had these people take their victory flag out in public to the most public places they could think of in their cities and take pictures of the, of themselves holding the flag. And the point leading up to Easter was to spark those conversations in public for people to be like, what is that? And, and to share the meaning of Easter with people as they were walking by. And so we did that for, for Easter and launched it as a complete surprise on Easter morning. Oh and so that's why I say it's close second because it's a very powerful flag. And um, yeah, I just, that's I love so that one as well. Cool. I mean, they're all so powerful and you're right Thank that they you. all aren't obvious in the sense that if you looked at them, you wouldn't just assume I get what it means. You have to ask, you have to, you have to behind it. You have to, because they aren't overtly Christian at all you know, and it's like Roman numerals. I always ask people what it stands for when I see them. Mm. I have Roman numerals tattooed on my shoulder. It's like, I yeah. see people with Roman numerals and I'm like, what's that for? You know, yeah. or citizen, when you look at it, you, you don't know what it's tied to and right. you have to ask. So that's and I point. love that they're all rooted in scripture. I mean, you know, honeycomb comes from the idea yeah. that we should root ourselves in scripture. And I just love that these flags are rooted in that and that I, yeah. I also just think it's so cool that you just recited all those verses, just like without looking at the Bible. I'm <laughs> well, like, it's so cool. I, I do not retain knowledge very well, so I'm actually proud of myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure you hear stories all the time from like people who were impacted by these flags. Do you yeah. have like a favorite story from like a customer or a person who bought a flag? Mm, let me think, let me think, let me think. I hear a lot of stories. Um, most of them are through Instagram. They'll direct message me. Yeah. Um, and they'll tell me they got to share Jesus for the first time, you know, with someone when they invited them over. I had one girl in Georgia who messaged me and said, you know, she had her baby shower and a girl that she invited came over and she got to share Jesus with her because she asked, which was cool. Um, truthfully, you know, these flags, they don't just ignite the hearts of the people who end up asking or the people who, who are curious about them. It sparks something in the person 
who buys the flag or hangs the flag in their home because it connects them to their own stories too, you know, and it's a reminder to them as well, like of Jesus's hand in their lives, you know, and it gives them the, the, um, like the encouragement, um, or, or just the bravery to share what they've been through. That's so So. cool. And that's why I'm really excited that we're going to be doing a giveaway of your favorite flag, the citizen flag. Yes. Share more details on Instagram when this episode comes out. But, um, so if anyone's listening, stay tuned for an Instagram post from all of Ah, us. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm really excited I love giveaways. They're so fun. So where can people buy uh, white flags? Sure. Um, so our website is um, whiteflag.org. You can buy them there. Um, we do have them in some stores, um, primarily in Tennessee and Georgia. Um, if you live in Nashville or Franklin, um, we are in Abendigo in Germantown and Imago Day in Franklin. Um, and we have a few other stores. I'll, we're going to list them on our website um, soon so that if you live near those those places you can avoid shipping because I know shipping can be a pain um but for right now yeah just whiteflag.org can go on there you can read about our nonprofits that we work alongside they're incredible I'm the biggest fan of their mission and and the work that they're doing um so I would highly encourage everyone to go read about them because they're just they're insane they're so they're so amazing so um lastly what is your honeycomb in this season of your life Mm, okay I have it one I think about often is um Luke 12 27 it starts out um consider the wildflowers and how they grow they do not labor or spin I think about how I viewed God for a long time. I saw him as a big, scary boss kind of sitting on a mountain, like judging me for my lack of knowledge or my good deeds or the, the good deeds I didn't do or, you know, whatever. And I think about this verse and like how beautiful it is to envision um, wildflowers just growing um, on their own, like yeah. unfolding into beautiful works of art because they trust the process. They do what they were created to do. And, um, they don't exhaust themselves, like trying to please their creator, mm-hmm. you know, and they just bloom and they bring joy. And I don't know, that verse is just like a full circle verse for me because it holds a lot of meaning. It's a reminder yeah. of who he really is and not what I was taught or what I built him up to be in my mind. It just, it ultimately just roots me and leads me back to home. I love that passage. Like that page in my Bible is like so weathered because that's when I always turn to. And later I think in the passage it says something like, fear not little flock. And just like remembering the affection from our God of just reminding like, I'm your provider. I got you. I'm taking care of you. Fear not. Oh, that's for sure. Um, Well, thank you again so much. Can you tell us your Instagram and where people can find you? Um, so my personal Instagram is at Anna Laura. It's A N N A L A U R A, and my um, the white flag Instagram is at my white flag. Thank you so much for joining us on this third episode of Coffee and Honeycomb and to hear about Anna. Again, we're so excited to be giving away a flag. So for details, you'll find it all on Instagram. Check out at Coffee and Honeycomb and at My White Flag. It'll run from today, Wednesday to Saturday. So there's a few days to enter um, and all the details will be there. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and the others, or if you have feedback, I'd love to hear from you. So if you want to take a few minutes to write a review on the Apple Podcast app, or you can shoot me a DM at Coffee and Honeycomb on Instagram, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you again so much and have a great day.